الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل إن صلاتي ونسكي ومحياي ومماتي لله رب العالمين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم انظروا إلى من هو أسفل منكم ولا تنظروا إلى من هو فوقكم فهو أجدر أن لا تزدروا نعمة الله عليكم أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most suspected mothers and sisters Allah Ta'ala loves his servants more than we can ever imagine more than we can ever claim to love Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala loves us and loves every servant of His. It is Allah Ta'ala's infinite grace, infinite mercy, His infinite love for His servants. Allah Ta'ala gave us this opportunity, this little life in dunya, to be able to earn the everlasting bliss of the akhirat. Life indeed is a test, but in this test, one is a person is put into a test and then the test is made very very difficult for him he's not given any kind of help any assistance and he is left to himself it is not known how he's going to move on what he's going to do how he's going to answer those questions very much unlike that allah ta'ala put us in this world yes it is a test but Allah Ta'ala created so many excuses for his bandhas to come back and to recognize him and to pass the test. All the various special occasions as we understand them, the special moments in time, the very Mubarak days that come, whether it is the month of Ramadan, before that was the 15th of Shaban, then the month of Ramadan came, and now comes the days of Hajj, and the first 10 days of Zul Hijjah in particular, all these are very special moments in time, very great days and nights, and these are occasions when a person, Allah Ta'ala gives him that extra zeal, that consciousness to turn to Allah Ta'ala. What is this all about? What is the significance of these specific days one is the virtues that have been mentioned in the ahadith, but before even getting into those virtues, what is important to understand is that these are excuses Allah Ta'ala is creating for us, has created for us. Excuses to give us an opportunity to take a look within ourselves, where are we headed to, and come back to Allah Ta'ala. It is like a person traveling on a journey, he is going in some direction, there is some destination he is heading towards, but from time to time he sees many signboards. Some signboard is saying to him that what is the, uh, what distance is left still to cover. Some signboard is saying to him that there is something to be cautious about, there is a very sharp turn coming ahead. Some signboard gives him some other warning that there are some potholes maybe. And in this way there are various signboards that come along to guide him, to help him to pass this journey in a way that is safe that he can get to his destination without any difficulty. So likewise, Allah Ta'ala has created these signboards. These occasions come. 
When Allah Ta'ala promises His forgiveness, the 15th night of Shaban, the forgiveness is showered down from Allah Ta'ala. Then come the month of Ramadan, and in that the night of Qadr, and all the precious moments of that Mubarak month, Allah Ta'ala's Rahmat pours down. Then, now we are in these first 10 days of Zul Hijjah, with such special significance. What are all these? These are all signboards that look, there's much to take here, like you get on the road, signboards that there's some spot here that you might be able to get some things very nice for yourself, or there's a place to relax here, there's something to be bought here. So likewise, these are signboards that look, this is where you can really reap the benefits of dunya and akhirat. The blessings of Allah Ta'ala will be showered down. So, these are signboards for us to take notice of. If a person is driving down the road, but doesn't look at any of the boards, just keeps driving, it is going to be a very dangerous situation because he's probably going to drive off a cliff somewhere. He might drive into some pothole somewhere. He might take the wrong turn somewhere. And Allah knows best where he'll finish off. So Allah Ta'ala gave us signboards also to look at these signboards and decide and take that precaution sometimes. Sometimes take advantage of that opportunity to benefit. So in this Mubarak days that we are presently passing, the first 10 days of Zul Hijjah, in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that the virtue of these 10 days is so much that each night, each of these 10 nights, the ibadat of this night is equal to the ibadat of Laylatul Qadr. Now Laylatul Qadr, the month of Ramadan, we hear about it repeatedly. We try to do something to acquire the night of Qadr. And here in these 10 nights, Nabi Wasallam says that each night, the ibadat of it is equivalent to the ibadat of Laylatul Qadr. And each day of the first 9 days of Zul Hijjah, each of these days, the fast is equivalent to the fast of one year. One year Nafil fast. Subhanallah, can we imagine somebody is being told about some special offer somewhere. That there's a special offer and things are being sold at a very big discount. And maybe he'll buy one, he'll get one free. There was one very big store opened up in Durban years ago, some 25, 30 years or maybe more, Allah alam, 30 year, odd years ago. And when they opened up for the first time, this was the opening special. Buy one, get one free. So now you're buying something, maybe it's at the normal price also, but you got one free. So people had come down from far and wide and they waited for many hours before the doors opened. Some people, it was meant, they have mentioned they even camped overnight. And this is something that has happened even recently in some places where some stores opened out for the first time, big major stores, and they had things at a very big saving. So people sat and waited in the car for the whole night or they slept in the car because they needed that appliance, whatever it was, there was a 3,000 and 2,000 and discount. So to save the 2,000, to save the 3,000, people sat overnight in the car. And just in order to save that dunya, to get the 2 and 3,000, they were prepared to take that difficulty, undertake that hardship and that inconvenience and whatever else went with it, but after all that, they were very happy about themselves. They were very happy that we made a big saving here. We saved 3,000. Forget 3,000, we'll try to save 300 also. Maybe even 30 rand. We'll probably drive down and spend 25 rand petrol to save the 30 rand. But after all that exercise, we'll be very happy we save something. Here, this is a special offer from Allah Ta'ala's side. 
Allah Ta'ala is showering down the special offer that one night's ibadat equivalent to Laylatul Qadr. One fast equal to the fast of one year. It's nafil, it's not farz, it's not wajib. But at least something, if not all the nine days, a few days, but one or two days at least we should try to take the reward of this great moments. Then comes the ninth of Zul Hijjah, which is again a very, very great day for the Hajjaj. Those who are in Hajj will be a, the peak of the Hajj, they'll be in Arafat. But for the rest of us also, this is a very virtuous day. Nabi Salaam says that the fast of the ninth of Zul Hijjah, this is a atonement, it's a compensation for the sins of the past year and for the sins of the forthcoming year, all the minor sins. So this is something that we should try. It's not further than wajib as you mentioned, but somebody can, they should not deprive themselves, they should try. And likewise the ibadat, we are not in the capacity to be able to stay awake the whole night and make ibadat, or half the night, or maybe even quarter the night, but half an hour, 45 minutes, everybody can comfortably do something like that. So some tilawat, some zikr, some dua, some tasbihat, that tasbihat that we will decide, that little tilawat we will make, the dua we will make. In another hadith, Nabi Wasallam says that there is no action. There is no action performed in any other part of the year. Obviously, this is excluding the month of Ramadan, which is a special month, which has its own special significance, that is in a rank of its own. Apart from the month of Ramadan, there is no moment in time that a person does any good action, no matter how great that action may be which can equate any action performed, any good action performed in these first 10 days of Zul Hijjah. These are such significant days, Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam in the Qur'an Sharif upon it. Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam by the 10 nights. The 10 nights meaning the 10 nights of Zul Hijjah. And Allah Ta'ala doesn't need to take a qasam on anything. Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam to highlight the importance for His bandhas to take note. That this is a very big signboard. This is something never to miss. This is something to take full notice of. So in any case, these are very Mubarak days. And in these Mubarak days, we should do the best we can. Try to make best use of these moments to refocus ourselves towards Allah Ta'ala. This is the excuses Allah Ta'ala has created for us. That in this hustle and bustle of dunya, and in our day-to-day routine, and in all the things that we are occupied in, Many a times it happens that we forget what is our direction, what is our purpose of being in dunya, where are we headed to, what is our destination, what is the next leg of this journey that we are on, the next leg of this journey, that's the qabar. And when will that, will that next leg of this journey commence, how far away is that, or how close it is, we have no idea, it could be today. It could be tonight, it could be tomorrow morning, Allah knows best. It could be maybe some more days. But sooner or later that next leg of the journey is going to commence. There is no getaway from that. If not now, if not later this evening, if not tonight, it may be nobody here in this community, Allah Ta'ala give barakat in everybody in everybody's life and health. But without doubt, almost at every few minutes somebody or the other is leaving in this country alone. Little around the world, every second perhaps somebody or the other is going. So one day is going to be our turn, one day is going to be our moment, we are going to have to part, we are going to have to leave, we are going to be buried in the grave, 
we are going to face the angels of the questioning of the angels in the cover we are going to have to be placed there alone just with our iman and amal so that is the only thing that will be of use to us that is the only thing that will be of benefit to us and these moments that Allah Ta'ala has given us that has cre- Allah Ta'ala has created as excuses for us that my bandhas are running in a full speed ahead these Mubarak days I will give them they will stop a little they will pause they will reflect, they will ponder that where are we heading to is our life just meant to just go around in circles in terms of dunya is our life only for the acquisition of the material things is our life only to adorn the aspects of dunya is it just to race with one another in acquiring the material things is it just how can I have a better place to live in I can drive something better I can have a better phone I can have better jewelry I can have better kind of clothing and I can compete with one another in being one better than the next but when the eyes close who's going to be best at that time is obvious that person who was better in Imam that person who was better in A'mal that person will be better in this world also Allah Ta'ala doesn't look at all these material things that a person possesses what kind of wealth somebody has that doesn't make the person anything in the sight of Allah Ta'ala what kind of car somebody drives doesn't make the person anything in Allah Ta'ala's sight what kind of material possessions a person has that doesn't add any value in the court of Allah Ta'ala person has earned it in a halal way the person is using it in a correct way Alhamdulillah it's a ni'mat Allah Ta'ala give barakat in it Allah Ta'ala make it the means of earning the akhirat with it but what is of significance in the sight of Allah Ta'ala inna akramakum indallahi atqakum Allah Ta'ala says the most noble among you is the one who uh, is the one who has the greatest taqwa that is the person who has the greatest respect and honor in the sight of Allah Ta'ala and that is what we have to aspire for what we have to try for so these Mubarak days and nights come to give us this opportunity to stop and think one is the virtues the benefits the rewards this is obvious we should try the best we can but it's also a moment to stop and think where are we headed to? What are we doing? Where are we moving towards? What are our aspirations? What are our desires in terms of what we want to get in life? Is it just confined to material things? Confined to adorning this world? Or is there something about akhirat as well? Is there something about deen also? These are the days when we are constantly reminded about the life of Hazrat Ibrahim Ala the life of his family, the lessons that they gave us. So, just to highlight one or two lessons, that this is the time when we will, inshallah, many of us will perform the qurbani with our own hands, or we will witness the qurbani being performed. So, what is this qurbani all about? Is it just a ritual? Is it just something that we will also enjoy slaughtering some animal, then enjoy its meat, it will become a time of entertainment, and that will be the end of it no no this is something very very significant it is something that Allah Ta'ala has given us as a special ibadat and this special ibadat will keep coming every year to remind us of very very great lessons remind us of the lessons that Ibrahim his wife Hazrat Hajra his son Hazrat Ismail what lessons they left for us that legacy 
to remind us of that legacy so that we can take some of these lessons into our lives. We can live these lessons. To just highlight one lesson, the life of the Raja Anha, she was taken by Ibrahim together with her little baby, Ismail and they are left in this barren land. At that time, Makkah Mukarrama, there was nothing there. It was barren. There was no water. There was no vegetation. Nobody used to live there because there was no water available. And it was a totally barren place. And now Ibrahim has been ordered by Allah Ta'ala to come and leave his wife and child in this place. This child also that was born to them when both had reached an old age. Ibrahim had become quite elderly and likewise his wife. And now at that time this child is born to them. And Allah Ta'ala gives us command, go and leave them there. In any case, he comes as he is commanded. There was no question of doing anything else but what Allah Ta'ala commanded. So he comes, he leaves them. There are some little provisions that he has brought along. So those provisions are with them. And he turns to leave. So now when he turns to leave, his wife is a human being after all. She too is an insan. She too has the emotions that other human beings have. She had the same fears and anxieties that other humans have to be left in a place where there is no means of survival. She is also a human being who has the same needs like other humans have, the need for food, the need for water, the need for some security, the need for all these things she also has. So she is just as human as anybody else. And now she is understanding that my husband is leaving me here, he is turning to leave. I have a little baby with me here and what is going to be the next, how is this going to unfold? What's going to happen next? He's going to leave in a short while, it might be a few hours, it might be a day, but all these provisions, this water, this little food will all be finished. Then what? There's nothing growing here, there's no means of survival here. And then alone here, exposed to the elements, and there's nobody to look after us, all the worries that can come through any human being's heart, all these worries and concerns would obviously have passed through her heart as well. So she asks Ibrahim salam, that are you leaving us? He doesn't answer because he was commanded not to answer. So she asks the question the second time, no answer. She asks the question the third time and the third time but she asks it a little differently. The question she asks for the third time is that is this the command of Allah Ta'ala? Has Allah Ta'ala commanded this? So Ibrahim Salam indicates yes, this is a command of Allah Ta'ala. When she hears that this is a command of Allah Ta'ala, now this is the same lady, the same woman who was concerned that she is going to be left alone here. What is going to happen? How is she going to survive? There's going to be no food left just now. There'll be no water. She has a little baby with her. So she had all the normal concerns that any human being has. That was just moments before. But now that she is told that it is the command of Allah Ta'ala, as soon as she hears this, instantly, she is no more concerned about anything else 
All she is concerned about is that we have to submit to the command of Allah Ta'ala and therefore she says to Ibrahim that if that is the case then then Allah Ta'ala will not allow us to perish. Whatever the outward situation may seem no matter how bleak the situation may seem it may appear that this is a confirmed case of destruction. There can be no hope of survival. But if it is the command of Allah Ta'ala then Allah Ta'ala is the protector, Allah Ta'ala is the provider, Allah Ta'ala provides the means, and Allah Ta'ala uses the means for the protection of somebody, and if Allah Ta'ala wills, that means itself will become the means of the destruction of someone. There have been several instances where people were being protected very heavily. By who? By their bodyguards. Some prime ministers, some presidents in the countries. This has happened many times the cause of history that the person now had this reliance on that bodyguard and what happened? something happened that same bodyguard killed the person so where the reliance was on that means and the very same means became the means of the destruction some people had some means to protect themselves some weapon some whatever it was, a firearm something happened, it misfired the person got shot with his own firearm, he passed away Allah Ta'ala wills, that will become the means of protection. And if Allah Ta'ala takes that away, the very same thing can become the means of destruction. So, Hazrat she was very conscious of this. That if this is the command of Allah Ta'ala, then Allah Ta'ala has given the command, He is the protector, He will protect. And she is now happy to remain behind. She's not using her logic in the whole process. That how am I going to remain here? What am I going to do here? How am I going to survive? What is the logic in this? What is the reason behind this? Nothing. Allah Ta'ala command, wholeheartedly I will submit. There is no question about what, why, and what's the logic behind it, what's the reasoning in it. No reasoning for us to worry about. All we have to worry about is what is the command of Allah Ta'ala. So she totally submitted. She submitted and Allah Ta'ala, when she submitted entirely, then Allah Ta'ala made her and that little child, Ismail Salatu Salam, Allah Ta'ala made them the means of so much of khair. That zamzam that we cherish so much, the hujjaj bring back zamzam, people go for umrah, they bring back zamzam, that is the greatest gift they come back with. And there's so much of barakah in it. Zamzam ulima shuri balahu, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that zamzam, the water of Zamzam will bring that benefit for what it was intended. You know, a pers- person makes some intention at the time of drinking Zamzam, sincerely intends that this is what I want. Allah Ta'ala will make that the Zamzam the means of acquiring it. In other words, when he drinks that Zamzam with that intention, it's so Mubarak and so full of blessings that that will make that intention become reality, inshallah. So where this came from? It came from that qurbani and sacrifice of Hazrat Hajra and her son Ismail This was their sacrifice. That sa'i, that the hujjaj cannot complete their hajj without. If they don't perform their sa'i, that hajj is incomplete. What is that sa'i all about? That sa'i is a remembrance of this effort and this sacrifice of Hazrat Hajra. This was her sacrifice. That she opted to, or rather, 
she submitted to the command of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala and she totally was happy to the decree of Allah ta'ala with the decree of Allah ta'ala without any question Allah ta'ala kept that legacy alive till the day of qiyamah millions of people will go for hajj and umrah and this will be something that they cannot complete the hajj and umrah with without they'll have to make the sa'i and that zamzam came also we know the incident well how it came the sacrifice of this family now this is the lesson for us in these Mubarak days while we are mashallah trying to acquire some of the virtues of these Mubarak days but the lesson the lesson that we have to appreciate this life that Allah Ta'ala gave us and the true appreciation of this life is total submission to Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala blessed us with all the bounties everything we possess is His na'mat and bounty and blessing it is His gift Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with everything what is the appreciation? that now we turn entirely to Allah Ta'ala and in every aspect of life whether it be our ibadat that it is now the time of salah that everything stops and our attention is towards salah after all Allah Ta'ala blessed us with everything and Allah Ta'ala is asking us to perform five salah in the day and that too becomes very difficult for us the energy that we are using running around here and there to do other things at the time of salah it is salah time and a person is running around doing this and that and the other who gave him that energy to be running around at that time who allowed him to be able to walk at that time to be able to move if Allah Ta'ala takes that ability away he cannot take half a step he cannot lift one finger now that Allah who is allowing him to walk and talk Allah Ta'ala now specified a time that this is a time to come and remember me should not everything stop and now we come and express our gratitude to Allah Ta'ala Ya Allah you granted me everything you granted me this life this energy, this health whatever I have, everything is from you Ya Allah I am therefore submitting to you the whole night's sleep we had what a restful sleep some kind of rest we had if a person doesn't get sleep at all ask the person one day, two days, what happens in some people have a problem sleeping some complications, health problems and a person hasn't slept for one, two days in a row that person cannot focus on anything person becomes disorientated person is unable to focus on one's work, on anything people become very very ill because of not being able to sleep Allah Ta'ala blessed us with that sleep and having had a whole night of rest isn't that the shukr that Allah Ta'ala that we are supposed to give to Allah Ta'ala that he has now asked us for that Fajr Salah then we break that sleep for Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala gave us that sleep now we break it for him and this is the thing that we should be learning from this lesson of Qurbani that Ismail Salatu Salam he was his gift Allah Ta'ala blessed them with Allah Ta'ala gave them this child when there was apparently no hope and now that the child has grown Allah Ta'ala says slaughter him and as Hajra she is the mother and when Ibrahim Salam is taking the son and going she becomes aware she is alerted in whichever way it happened but she became aware that this is the position that my son is now going to be taken to be slaughtered what is the command of Allah Ta'ala no questions asked now 
she was ready to break what was now apparently hers, but on the order of Allah Ta'ala. So Allah Ta'ala gave us that sleep. Allah Ta'ala is saying now slaughter that sleep. The time of Fajr, slaughter that sleep. And come to me. Stand up for Fajr Salah. So Ibrahim Salam was ready to put the knife on the throat of his son. This is teaching us a lesson. Put the knife on your sleep. At the time of Zohar, Asar, Maghrib, Isha, put the knife on whatever comes in between. Somebody's work, somebody's occupation, somebody's some other chore, whatever it might be. Everything, put the knife on that at that time. And put everything on hold. And come to Allah Ta'ala first. It's a time for zakat. Zakat has become due. Now that jewelry and whatever else a person owns, that wealth, Allah Ta'ala is asking for two and a half percent. Allah Ta'ala says that Allah's true servants, from what we gave them, they spent. Allah Ta'ala gave the hundred percent. Hundred percent came from Him, and He's saying now take two and a half percent and move it on. So now the person who has this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, they don't hesitate. They are ready to give to Allah Ta'ala. So that zakat is fully discharged, that jewelry, whatever else a person has, correctly calculated so that it's not underpaid. person ended up paying something extra as a precaution, that balance will become sadaqah. But to ensure that there is nothing underpaid. So now that zakat is discharged. If hajj is compulsory, that is being fulfilled. The month of Ramadan comes, the fasts are being completed. That is one branch of deen known as ibadat. But deen doesn't finish off there. The submission to deen is not complete with ibadat alone. Ibadat is a fundamental part of deen. But then there's more to it also. Then there's mu'amalat. There are dealings, transactions that we do. We buy something sometimes, we sell something, we borrow something, we lend something. Whatever other transactions it may be. Is this done correctly? That is the big question. Because that what a person earns in a halal way will be filled with barakat. What comes without the commands of Allah Ta'ala, that is going to invite destruction. That is going to invite misery and hardship. What comes with breaking the command of Allah Ta'ala doesn't bring any good. So now the person will be very conscious, very very careful. That whatever I earn must be 100% halal. It must not be tainted with haram in any way. Then, together with mu'amalat, there's further things. It doesn't finish off on that. There is what is known as mu'asharat. Social life. Social life, how does a person interact with others? In whichever level it might be. Person interacts with their parents. So how? Are the parents given their due respect? Are parents honored? The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَا وَلَا Don't even say uff to them. Uff, this is the word that just signifies or indicates some irritation. In other words, don't even express your irritation. Now, is that the case? We interact with our children. Is that interaction correct? Is it with justice? Is it with fairness? Is that interaction in a way that guides them towards Allah Ta'ala? So that is also part of deen. Then we interact with our family members, our spouses. Now, that's also a complete requirement in deen. How does that continue? What is done? Is that in the correct way? Is that done in the way that Allah Ta'ala wants us to conduct ourselves? And likewise, 
There's so many other aspects of social life. Our family members, maintaining family ties. In these Mubarak days, comes the day of Qurbani, the 10th of Zul Hijjah. This is something which is a very, very great ibadat. The ibadat of Qurbani. And in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, that on the day of Qurbani, on the day of Eid al-Adha, there is no action more beloved to Allah Ta'ala, min ihraqiddam. The greatest amal of that day, obviously after the farq, the greatest amal of that day is the slaughtering of the Qurbani animal. A person can make one khatam of the Qur'an Sharif, excellent, very big, very great amal. But the reward of the Qurbani on the day of Qurbani is greater than that. Now the Qurbani to slaughter that animal will take 5 seconds, 10 seconds. But in that 5 seconds, what amal he has made, obviously beforehand he had to spend some money, he bought an animal. But that actual amal took place in that moment. Because he bought the animal before the day of Qurbani and slaughtered it, that's not Qurbani. Fine, he might, he can slaughter the animal, eat it, benefit from it, no problem. But Qurbani is only in the day of Qurbani, it's a special ibadat. If he performed the Qurbani before the Eid Salah, where the Eid Salah takes place, not in a rural area, then he performed the Qurbani before the Eid Salah, that Qurbani is null and void, it's not Qurbani. He read Bismillah Allahu Akbar, he slaughtered it correctly, he well, even made wuzu beforehand, though it's not necessary. But that's not Qurbani. Qurbani will be on the day of Qurbani after the Eid Salah is performed. So now, this is a very special ibadat. And Nabi Salaam says that this special ibadat on that day, somebody made one whole khatam of the Quran Sharif, excellent, mashallah, excellent. But he can't reach the reward of that Qurbani. Somebody performed nafil the whole day. 200 rakats of nafil he made, excellent, very great ibadat, mashallah. But that amal of Qurbani at that moment is greater than that also. Now, what a great amal. Somebody spent a lot of money in sadaqah. A person spent maybe 1 million. Okay, maybe somebody else spent 10 million. Chalo, maybe somebody spent 100 million. How much more can we spend? That 100 million, Allah knows best whether all, the whole of Bethlehem get together, will be able to put it together also. Allah, Allah, maybe they can, Allah knows. But how many of us can spend one fraction of that also? So now in sadaqah, just to give it away in sadaqah, it's a very great amal, very great reward. But the sacrificing of the qurbani animal is greater than that also. Now can we imagine what a great amal this is? What a great ibadat. And Nabi Islam says that there is no action on the day of Eid al-Adha that is greater than ihraqiddam, than causing the blood of the qurbani animal to flow. But in one hadith, the rewrite of At-Tarheeb, At-Tarheeb, when Nabi Islam further says, that illa antakuna qarabatan tusal, except that if a person is joining family ties that have been severed and cut off, that is greater than qurbani also on the day of qurbani. The maintaining and joining of the family ties that has a greater reward and a greater blessing than even the qurbani on the day of qurbani. So now this is something that we need to take the opportunity. Take that reward. So in any case, this is part of the deen that we are talking about. So this too is part of that muasharat. Then part of that muasharat is that how we live. One is how we live with others, how we live in terms of ourselves. In terms of ourselves, how we live in, with regards to our akhlaq, that, that's a separate part of deen actually, that's a separate branch of deen. 
but the akhlaq that we have, all the aspects of akhlaq come in, in terms of whether it's sincerity, whether it is tawakkul and trust in Allah ta'ala, whether it is all the other various qualities included in that, which is very closely linked to that muasharat, is the aspect of haya. That how much of haya, modesty and shame is adopted in life. This is a very, very fundamental quality of deen. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Salaam says that Iman and Haya, they coexist. They are very, very closely interlinked. And when one moves, the other will follow it. When one is gone, the other will go with it. If a person has lost Haya completely, Iman is in danger. Iman will follow it. So unfortunately, there is a calculated effort there is a calculated effort that how can this haya be destroyed from the lives of the believers? There is calculated effort to destroy this modesty, this shame. And it happens in a very subtle way. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen at the press of one button. It's brought in in a subtle way. This haya is destroyed one, one step at a time. If we think about it, if we give it a thought, we are not talking about any place in particular, we have no idea about this place. But in general, this has become a common situation that the manner of dressing, which has become the norm nowadays, generally, not everyone, but which has generally become the norm, the kind of garments that are worn, if we just go maybe 25, 30 years back, and at the most 40 years back, if 40 years back suddenly somebody had to anybody, any Muslim woman had to suddenly just come wearing that kind of garment, everybody would have got a shock. Everybody would have been really aghast. Everybody would have been really taken aback that what has happened to us? Can we, how, how could this have ever happened? That time everybody would have got a shock. Nowadays hardly anybody takes even any second notice, takes any notice that something is out of place. Now what has happened? This is that slide in Haya. The slide in Haya happens, then first something happens, some people take notice of it that this is not a good thing, the grandparents will now frown upon it, the parents will say, the, the grandparents will maybe be very upset about it, the parents will be a little bit uh, irritated maybe, and the children would have adopted it. And But now, after a little bit of one, two days of fussing about it, then now everybody just keeps quiet. Now one month passes, six months pass, the new fashion comes in. Now the new fashion is a little bit worse. So now again, the grandparents got a little bit more upset, and the parents got a little bit less upset, and everybody is getting attuned to that idea, well now this is going to be the way. This is how it's going to happen now. And now somebody will say, well you can't help it now, this is how everybody is doing it now, so what can you do about it? And gradually, that becomes an accepted norm. Now, then the grandparents are the, the next generation. So, previously when the grandparents were making a big noise about it, these parents were just murmuring. So now they are not even murmuring. They may be in the heart feeling uncomfortable, but nobody is saying anything. And now they are the grandparents, the parents are actually smiling about it. The grandparents are quiet, and they just inside their hearts. And the parents are smiling. And the generation that is now the children, they are already now free for all. And Allah forbid, where it's finishing off. Then we hear the unspeakable things happening. And 
the kind of fitnas that then prevail. But where it starts off from? That this deen that we have to take into our lives in entirety, that total submission, that complete submission to the way of life that Rasulullah presented us, which has all these aspects in it, the aspect of haya, modesty, shame. And this is something which if this shame, this modesty, this haya, this is not jealously guarded, then everything is at risk. In the Hadith Sharif, this is something very highly emphasized, the aspect of haya. So therefore, this is also part of deen. This is the deen, the total submission, just as at the time of salah, the submission requires that now we break that sleep and perform salah. We stop whatever we're doing and perform that zuhar and asar, maghrib and isha. Likewise, that same spirit of submission requires that we adopt the kind of garments and the type of clothing that deen requires us to adopt. That is loose-footing, completely covering, and that it is conducive to haya. So that requires that as well. This deen encompasses the aspect of simplicity, that there should be moderation, there should be simplicity, that a person is not just trying to vie with one another to now be just living up with the Joneses, no, but rather to be humble, to be enjoying whatever ni'mat Allah Ta'ala blessed one with, no problem, but at the same time to share with those who are less fortunate, to think about those who are in difficult circumstances, to share some of the ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala with them. So all these are aspects of deen, which requires that we submit ourselves to every part of deen. Whether it is our salah, our fasting, our zakat, our hajj, whether the mu'amalat and our dealings, whether it is our social life, whether it is akhlaq, the aspects of compassion, of kindness, of forgiveness, all the aspects of good character, these are things also that we need to acquire. Many a times these are not even things that are considered to be given any kind of importance, that there is some effort required behind it to acquire these things. Life carries on, nobody gives it a second thought, and just one thing after the other, we just start making the focus of our attention, the dunya. So this is the time now to redirect ourselves. Allah Ta'ala gave us this moment in time, these special moments, these Mubarak days and nights, so that we would turn to Allah Ta'ala in earnestness. We would be able to focus our attention towards Allah Ta'ala and become His true servants. Completely submit ourselves. This is the submission. This is what we are required to learn from this lesson of Qurbani. Complete submission without any question. And this is a lesson taught to us by Hadra, by her family, by Ibrahim Ismail And this was something taught to us by all the Anbiya Musalam, the Sahaba Kiram, all the awliya of the Ummat. Everybody taught us the same lesson. Complete submission to Allah Ta'ala, regardless of what the out, outer conditions may be, regardless of anything else. So, this is the lesson that we need to imbibe. Actually, the discussion that was meant to be discussed today was a hadith of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, where Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi on one occasion, he addressed the Sahaba, he addressed one person, one Sahabi, and he said to him, that, اِغْتَنِمْ خَمْسًا قَبْلَ خَمْسٍ That, there are many, many ni'mats and bounties of Allah Ta'ala, but there are five bounties of Allah Ta'ala, which you should value tremendously before it is replaced by five other conditions. There are five things that you should really treasure and value them. 
because they they will not remain forever and it will be replaced with something else before the something else comes value it and then Nabi Salaam gave him those five things that he should be valuing so the first thing was Shababaka Qabla Haramik that look this youth everybody passes through youth but youth doesn't remain forever and sooner or later a person now suddenly realizes that that youth has passed and now old age has kept in now the aches and pains have come now the person doesn't have that energy the person doesn't have that vigor the person doesn't have that enthusiasm and drive so that youth that was there was not just for whiling away the youth that Allah gave was not just to make merry rather that youth was to turn to Allah to serve him more in the Hadith Sharif it comes that on the day of Qiyamah there will be seven categories of people who will be given the great honor of being in the shade of the Arsh of Allah Ta'ala on that day when people will be under the heat of the sun which will be just above their heads and some will be actually drowning in their perspiration some up to their waist in perspiration according to the sins of, that they committed in dunya and some people will be given the honor of being in the shade of the Arsh of Allah Ta'ala the throne of Allah Ta'ala among these seven categories of people one is وَشَابٌ نَشَأَفِي عِبَادَةِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ that young person who spent his or her youth in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. When all the temptations were there, everything was calling, everything was distracting. The media, the phone, the social media, and the internet, and all these social media which Allah forbid, which have become the great fitnas of the time. One person just uh, to highlight what this is really all about, so he says, I have started now, he just wrote a little article, it's not an article actually, he just put something together to open people's eyes. So he said, I started living my life like Facebook. I started living my life like Facebook, but in real life. I'm living my life in real life like Facebook. So in the evening I go out and I tell passers-by what I did for the day. I show them some pictures of what I ate and I show them pictures of how I was cleaning my garage and then the picture of my dog and uh, then I tell them that uh, what argument I had with my wife and then I go to the neighbors and I inform them of some things so he says well like it happens on Facebook I also got some followers I got two private detectives and one psychiatrist also following me something is wrong with this fellow now he's telling everybody about his personal life what he ate for the day he wants to show people pictures of that and where he went and what he did he wants to tell the whole world about it and every small thing that happened in his house the whole world must come to know about it so even the psychiatrist started following him because this is something that there's something short somewhere now he says when he started doing that obviously he didn't do it in real life but he's giving the picture of it that if somebody does the same thing in real life living it outside everybody will say there's something short here but this is the way these, these fitnas come in that a person gets caught up in something which is sometimes absurd but the absurdity becomes a source of pride the absurdity becomes a source of a person now boasting and the person who is not in that absurdity there was one person who had to go to some very remote place and he had to stay there for a while whatever it was he was on some mission research or whatever and he went to this very remote place when he got there saw a very strange thing, very ajib thing. All the people, the tips of their noses were cut. Now he's looking at this, astonished, amazed. 
What kind of people are these? Everybody's nose is chopped at the tip. Now, as he's looking at them, one day pass, then after it he's what, observing that whenever he's passing by anybody, they are whispering to one another, and then somebody's smiling, and somebody is knocking the other person with his elbow. So then he started paying more attention, he realized that they are laughing at his nose. Now, he's got a perfect nose, all of these people, their noses are clipped. And they laughing at his nose. So now one day one person laughed. The next day he heard two, three people laughing. After he's noticing every other person is making some kind of comment and remark. So he said, now it's too long that I'm going to stay like this. So in inverted commas, obviously, he also decided to become, in inverted commas, normal. Because how long he's going to stay abnormal with a perfect nose. So to become normal, what he had to do? He had to go and chop his nose. Now this is a story. It's just a story for the moral that this is what happens. This is how these things, these fitnas and these fashions, that they are absurd things that come into society, then it starts catching on. Then a lot of people take it on. Then the person who hasn't taken the absurdity, he looks odd. He looks very odd. One person went to pay something somewhere, so they wanted his uh, proof of residence. So... He didn't have anything there, so he said, anything, even if it's your TV license. So he said, no, I don't own a TV. So the person was astonished, what? You don't own a TV? He says, no, I don't own a TV. What, you don't own a TV, really? Do you mean it? Now, what he is doing, he is protecting his imam, he is protecting his amal, he is protecting his family, he is protecting his sanity, he is protecting his modesty and shame, and the shame and modesty of his family. He's doing all the right things. But somebody else, when they hear about it, that this person doesn't have a television in his house, the person is not just amazed, he's not just shocked, he is bewildered. What's wrong with him? Subhanallah, the person who's doing the right thing, everybody else is wondering what's wrong with him. And the person who's doing the wrong thing, he is normal. Then he's fine. So this is how these fitnas start creeping in. So, unfortunately, this is the way that this youth all these distractions. So Nabi Islam says, look, don't get distracted in all these things. You may look odd for a short while. For a short while you may look odd and people may laugh about something about you, but the day will come that on that day, on the day of Qiyamah, then you'll have the last laugh. You will be smiling on that day. If somebody else then didn't make amends, unfortunately they're going to be crying. But you'll be smiling when it really comes. So this was the first thing in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, Shababaka Qabla Haramik. Then the second thing was, Sihataka Qabla Maradik, Qabla Sakhmik. That treasure your health before illness comes. Because health is something which is a great ni'mat, but sometimes it's just overtaken by illness. So treasure that health. How? Use that health correctly. Use it in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Don't misuse that health. Don't use it to commit sin. So, Treasure that health before sickness comes. And then the third thing Nabi Islam says, وَغِنَاكَ قَبْلَ فَقْرِقَ That treasure your wealth before poverty. We should be always asking for afiyat. We should never ever ask for any challenge. And ask for the protection of Allah Ta'ala. But at the same time, we should take lessons. We should always be taking lessons from others. السَّعِيدُ مَنْ وُعِذَ بِغَيْرِهِ That the fortunate person is a person who takes a lesson from others. There was once in one of the neighboring countries, while driving down one road, so one person who was in that car is saying to us 
that look this uh, building here my great grandfather whoever his grandfather or great grandfather owned this building somebody owned that building somebody owned that building big big high rise buildings now who's owning it well all that went away when the revolution took place everybody came out that morning when they came out somebody went to his factory somebody went to his shop somebody went to wherever people were standing there the army was there where's your keys bring your keys here if you want to work for us you can come and work we'll pay you a salary you don't work you can carry on this doesn't belong to you anymore overnight people who were owning high rise buildings they were now suddenly paupers people who were owning huge factories suddenly had nothing they possessed nothing and then people who had a lot of things stashed somewhere as they call it hidden here and there but overnight the currency changed now the currency changed that became a musibah to even have that people started burning their notes with their own hands because if they caught with it it would have been a problem and they can't do anything with it now this is not something that we should ever even wish for anybody allah taala save us and protect us allah taala keep us with afiyat but we should not we should always take the lesson and never be complacent we should take the lessons from people so what is this wealth for this wealth is not for squandering this wealth is for earning the pleasure of allah taala this wealth is to use it in a way that while we will enjoy the benefits of dunya also in a halal way but we must earn our akhirat with it we must earn the pleasure of allah taala with it so in moderation we will use it we will enjoy it ourselves with our families etc but together with that we will spend on the poor the indigent on the widows the orphans on people throughout the world where they are suffering and we will earn the akhirat by it so that was the third thing the fourth thing nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said wa faraghaka qabla shughlik that value the free time that you may have free time in the sense that where you are not preoccupied where the person is not preoccupied with something some situation that has come up which takes up every moment the person cannot think of what to do next and every moment is now taken up so beware about that time when this preoccupation comes so when there is that time of afiyat this is time of peace a person can be doing something then use that time correctly don't spend the time in a way that is going to be destructive to deen sometimes people destroy the dunya also destroy the deen also so that is something also to be very concerned about that a time mustn't come when a person gets so preoccupied or whatever the conditions are a person cannot even make ibadat properly and the last thing nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said wa hayataka qabla mautik this is where we started off that we are all very very in a very temporary place one day we are all going to leave we have to appreciate this life the appreciation of this life is that we devote it for allah taala devoting it for allah taala does not mean that we will stop whatever our occupations are in terms of our day to day life of dunya whatever our work is in serving our families looking after our children etc all that will carry on devoting it to allah taala is that everything that we do must be according to the command of allah taala it must be in the way of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam then we have devoted our life to allah taala our dressing what nabi sallallahu would be what he commanded what has fatima radhiyallahu ta'ala anha would be happy about what has aisha radhiyallahu anha would be happy about our weddings what nabi sallallahu would be happy about all our other functions what deen has given us a direction what allah taala's rahmat and pleasure will descend upon then we have devoted our life to allah taala may allah tabarak wa taala give us the tawfiq of appreciating this very mubarak days that we still have with us making some ibadat at night some tasbih subhanallah alhamdulillah la ilaha illallah allahu akbar this is a special tasbih of these mubarak days and whatever other ibadat 
And as we said that the main thing is that in these days to sit and reflect and to redirect ourselves and make our destiny direction the akhirat. Allah Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله